just, you know, the thought of the storm. I'll be preaching on that tonight. When your storm has a name. And, you know, just, just thinking, you know, and we've been, you know, everybody in here has been going through something. There's no doubt about it. I mean, whether it's big or small, it does not matter. We've all been going through some kind of trial in our lives, and some of them are, are we classify as way bigger than others. And, and you know, sometimes we, we even give them names. And that's what we're going to cover tonight, you know, when your storm has a name. And if you will, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the message here. And if you will, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter number 27. Acts chapter number 27, verse number 9, we'll start out. If you will, when you find your spot, we'll read just a couple of verses tonight. We'll all stand together for the reading of God's Word here. Acts chapter number 27, starting out in verse number 9. Acts chapter number 27, starting out in verse number 9. The Bible says here, and now when much time was spent, when sailing was now da- when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only for the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Finis and there to winter which is an haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest of and the northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosening thence, they sailed close by Crete. Verse number 14 picks up here the storm that comes into their lives here. But not long after, there arose against it a tempest tempoist wind called Eurycliden. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, and had much to, much work to come by of the boat, uh, which we had, which they had taken up Taken up, the, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike sail, uh, so they were driven. And and we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship, and the third day were cast out with their own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved that we should be saved was then taken away. And we'll stop there, but we'll cover some more verses here in just a moment. I do want to preach tonight on this subject here. When your storm has a name, when your storm has a name, we'll pray and then we'll jump right into the message. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you again for allowing me to be used. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the message that you've given me. And Lord, I pray that it would be an encouragement. Lord, I, I come, Lord, tonight, Lord, not to, not, to, not to put the people down, Lord, but I pray that you would help me through your word. Word, encourage them and those that are going through the storms. I pray, Lord, that you would just help us through your word tonight. Lord, may we gain some encouragement through them. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would manifest yourself here. Lord, I can do nothing without you. And I understand this, Lord. And I, I come humbling myself down again. Lord, you know in my heart and you know that I cannot do it without you, Lord. I pray that you would manifest yourself here. Lord, be with your people, Lord. We pray that you would move and have a, a, a spirit of freedom to move in this place tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. 
I do want to preach on this subject here when your storm has a name. And I, I, I preached this several months ago at the rest home, and, and the Lord just began to develop the thought even more so from there. And if you know anything about the rest home, if you've been with us to the rest home, we don't have a, an abundance amount of time there. And you kind of have to condense everything down into a, a solid one one point, or as David would put it, a one three-by-five card because you can't get through an actual outline. Uh, but So the Lord gave me the thought many, many months ago and then began to develop even more so uh, here in the past couple of weeks of, about this subject and, and how befitting it is for each one of us as, as we're going through these storms. And a lot of us know people who are, try, who are really going through a major storm in their lives and then beyond that, the hurricanes that have been devastating our country with Harvey coming in and then, and then Irma coming right up in behind it. And you know, I was even thinking about this as I was preparing the message on that Monday night at the hotel and just kind of reading over the message, really just trying to read over it and really get the thought behind it. And, and just, I mean, the winds were howling down there at Myrtle Beach and we had the oceanfront property and we praise the Lord for that. But I mean, 35, 40 mile an hour winds constantly. And when you're on the 18th floor, it's not that still, amen. <laughs> and you feel that when that gust of wind would hit, you'd feel that thing just move a little bit. I'm like, man, and we, and we ain't getting the bulk of it. I mean, that, that hurricane is miles and miles and hundreds of miles to the east, and yet we're still feeling the effects of this one storm that was coming through it. And I, I was reading about that, and I was like, oh, my soul. I said, I couldn't imagine directly getting a direct hit from the hurricane and those strong winds and those, those winds and those waves and the water damage and the flooding that was caused by the hurricanes that just came through. And then we have even more hurricanes brewing even now out there. I mean, it's hurricane season. You know, and I thought about that as I was preparing this. But, you know, it's like September starts off hurricane season. But when you and I were born, that's when our storm started. <laughs> that's when our storms began to brew out in the, in the ocean. That's when they began to build up against you and I. And, and the older we get, sometimes it feels like the bigger the storms get in our lives. And, and beyond that, you know, you get to a point when storms get so big, they start giving them names. That's when it gets scary, amen. Hey, when they're out in the ocean and it's just a big storm, there's nothing wrong with it, right? It's Okay, it's just a group of storms. It's a big cloud gathering. It's a storm, all right, but it's not, it's not major yet. And then it turns into a tropical depression or a tropical storm. And then they go, well, we're going to call this one Irma. And you're like, oh, okay, it's getting serious. Now they named that storm. And then they watch it as it began to grow and grow. And no doubt you and I, we stayed glued to the television because they kept saying, it, it may be just like Hugo. I slept through Hugo. What's wrong with y'all? I was a little baby just sleeping away. Wind is in the trailer open. Wind was blowing right through, Mom and Dad said, and I slept through it all. Hey, but, uh, you know, it, but we worried about it, didn't we? We all worried, and, and if you went to Walmart, you wouldn't get in water. <laughs> you were waiting in line. <laughs> Amen. And then the next, then once the hurricane changed past, everybody's trying to take it back. <laughs> Return line for Walmart with water. That's all they had was buggies full of water. Amen. But if you think about it, I mean, we got worried. I mean, that, when, we, when we heard it was a storm, it wasn't that bad. But when they named the storm, then it became, okay, it's on my radar now. I'm kind of paying attention to, to this storm that's brewing out here in the ocean. And then they began to build in strength and build in strength and build in strength to the point where it became a Category 5. And then they said, hey, guys, the prediction says South Carolina, North Carolina, we're going to get hit. Oh, man. That's when it became real in our lives that, wow, we might get hit with this storm. But you know the great thing about a hurricane is you can prepare you can prepare for that hurricane because we knew months and months in advance that thing, well, not months and months, but hey, man, we knew, we knew several weeks in advance, that, that thing's brewing. It's getting stronger. 
hey, guys, it's getting even stronger. Hey, hey, our models are showing that it's coming your way. Hey, next Tuesday it will be in your front yard. You better be ready. That's, I mean, but that's the awesome thing about a hurricane is we can predict it and we can watch it and we can study the weather patterns. We can watch the, the, way, the, the way the winds are going to blow and the way the jet stream shifts so we can kind of predict the movement and we can prepare for it. But one thing we cannot prepare for are the storms that hit our lives like that. We, don't, we can't predict cancer. Oh, it would be a blessing if we could. Cut it off at the pass and just alleviate it all. We can't, we can't predict diseases that come. We can't predict death. It'd be great if we could, if we if we had a calendar or a clock, something that we can just watch and go. Well, okay, I know I know when I'm going. You know, we could do everything that we wanted to do in that certain amount of time. But to see, there's certain storms in our lives that we can't predict. But we know one who knows it all. He looks at the map of our lives and go, well, Brother Brandon, I know you're born over here, December 1987, and you're gonna you're gonna do good right around here, and then you're gonna have a storm. Don't worry about that storm. That's that's nothing. I got that. There's gonna be another storm coming in over here, and he knows my whole future. From the beginning to the end, before I was formed in the belly, he knew me, and yet he knew my life was gonna, what my life was gonna, what my life was gonna contain, and the storms that I'm gonna go through, and the storms that are gonna be entered into my life. And likewise, as you, as God knows you, and he he knows exactly what you're gonna go through, and he knows the storms that are, you are facing right now, and he knows the storms that you will be facing. But I say all that to say this here: that even if you've never been a storm at sea, you will and have been in storms of life. And these storms come on quickly, and we, we already covered this in my introduction. But notice the storm, these storms here, uh, once the storm becomes so big, they give it a name that Hurricane Hugo or Floyd or Irma or Harvey, and the list could go on and on. We can go all throughout history, and they would name these big storms, and they would give them names because they were so magnificent in size and in stature and power, yet they had to call it something to, to, to warn people, not to say, hey, watch out for the weather that's coming. I was like, watch out for Irma. Amen. Watch out for Irma. She's coming in. They give it a name. That way you'll remember it. And years down the road, hey, I mean, it's been 20 years ago. I think 20 years, 30 years now almost, I believe, Hurricane Hugo. But you say Hugo around North Carolina, everybody knows. Oh, I remember Hurricane Hugo when it came through because they gave it a name. Otherwise, you'd have to remember the storm, the date, and the time. And if you're anything like me in history class, you failed miserably like me. I can't remember a time or a date to save my life. Amen. But I thought about this. You know, some small storms. They come on quick, but they ain't given names. Small storms can be powerful. Tornadoes are powerful. They don't name every tornado, do they? Never once. It could be an F5 tornado. I mean, we're talking the most powerful tornado in category there is, but yet they still don't give it a name. But, but the storms that we face we give them names. We give them names. We give them names like divorce, our storms, cancer, disease, loss of a job, bankruptcy, medical issues. The list can go on. I mean, MS, uh, I mean, diabetes. I mean, the, the list can go on and on and on of the list of storms that we are currently going through. Well, we know someone who is going through when your storm has a name. I'm not talking about the weather. I'm not talking about the rain. We're talking about your storms. But I want, I want to encourage you. I said all that in the introduction because I want to encourage you through this. That when your storm comes, and although we didn't see it coming, and although we didn't see the weather pattern and we didn't see it forming out in the ocean, we didn't see this storm brewing up in our lives, there is one 
There is one, there's a God in heaven who is sitting down and watching over you and I as his children and he knows that storm is getting ready to come into our lives and yet, whether you know it or not, he is slowly but surely preparing us for that particular storm. You may not think that he is preparing you along the ways, but when the storm is over, a lot of times you look back and say, wow, God, wow, how you worked through that situation or how you helped me out in this or how you got me through this right here. And we're going to cover all those here in just a moment, but I want to point out here, I got a thought and some sub points underneath that thought and that's it. And we'll get you, we'll get you going home. Derek Queen might still be open. Debbie's I know will be open. Amen. We can slam them. Amen. Stop by there and get you some dinner on the way home. When your storm has a name, the thought that I had or the, the first point here is God is sovereign over the storms of your life. And that word sovereign, the word sovereign or sovereignty means principle, chief, or supreme. It speaks first of the position, the position of God of being a chief, being in the universe, and then of power. God is supreme in power in the universe, and how he exercises that power is revealed through the scriptures. Ultimately, God is in control of all all things. Let me repeat that. God is in control of all things and through and though he may choose to let certain events happen according to the natural laws in which he has already ordained to happen in our lives, the Bible, the Bible uh, doctrine of God's sovereignty over all things, over all things is one of the most practical truths that you and I can apply in our times of our trial, in our times of our storm here. Colossians chapter number one. Verse 16 and 17, for by him were all things created. That's good, amen. We could have stopped right there. He wouldn't have had to say another word. We understand. By him were all things created. What is all things? Well, all things, amen. Anything you see was created by him. But yet it goes a step farther here. And that, that are in heaven, that are in earth visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That is God. That's sovereignty. That is God being all-knowing and all-powerful within two verses. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And I love this latter part. And he is before all things. By him all things consist. You think that Hurricane Irma took God by surprise? Mm -mm, not at all, my friends. You think the storm in your life took him by surprise? No, my friends. Whatever it is that came up in your life that took you by surprise, it never once took him by surprise because he knew it was coming. He has a timeline of your life, and he knows what you're going through and when you're going to go through it and how he's going to help you make it through that storm. But yet, can I, I want to get this through to you right now that he is sovereign, and his sovereignty is over all things. He's aware. He is aware of the storms that you're going through. Don't think that he is not there and that he doesn't care for you, my friends. Hey, I love my kids and I care for them. Just like God loves his children and he cares for them, he knows exactly what you're going through. Nobody else may know the struggle that you have. It may be something that you've never told anybody about. 
It may be some type of addiction that nobody knows about, but God knows the storm. God knows the issues that's going on in your life, and yet he wants to help you, and he will help you along the way. When, uh, when, the, uh, when things are out of our control, they are never out of God's control, no matter how humanly impossible the situation. I had to put that in there, no matter how humanly impossible the situation, because there's times in my life when I look at it and say, well, God, I can't figure this out. I'm a problem solver, guys. We all know this. We problem solve our lives to death. Amen? We will fix everything if we can. If we can't, we break it or blow it up and buy another one. (laughs) Get it out of sight. But I try to fix everything. But there's times when things are humanly impossible for us to fix. When storms come in our life, I'm not a doctor. I can't prescribe my I can't prescribe medicine that's gonna cure people. No, my friends, I can't. I'll end up hurting somebody worse. Give them something they didn't have before. Amen. I don't I'm not a doctor. But yet God looks out for us, and yet He will give us exactly what we need during our storms. I want you to go back here in Acts chapter number 27. This ship here was out of control, starting out at verse number 15 here. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which which is called Claudia, uh, we had much work to come by the boat. When they had taken up the helps, when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail. So And so were driven. Notice twice there, they were driven by that storm. They had no control of that storm. That, that storm was so powerful, that wind that blew through, that Euryclide, it was given a name for a reason. Now, mind you, there have been many other stories we can go back to when ships were in storms, when the apostles were in storms with Jesus, yet they didn't name that storm, did they? But they have this storm here that comes through and it blows through a very strong wind, and they name it Euryclide here, and twice we see in those short couple of verses there that they let her drive because they had no control they had no control over that boat the wind was so strong and yet it was so powerful and the waves were beating that ship and they had no control of that boat and I began to think about the waves you ever thought about a wave and how powerful it is I mean we've all been to the beach and you've been knocked down by some waves amen get caught by surprise talking to somebody wham wave hits you in the back fall down I watched Little Waves take out my children all week. Amen. It was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. They'd never seen it coming. Jonathan's out there, belly out. You know how he walks, belly out, arm on his side. He's running straight for the water. I said, hey, buddy, slow it down. And waves are coming in. I mean, little waves, you know, little small things, but it was hilarious. He'd run right to the water, boom, get hit on his butt, trying to get up. I'm laughing. My wife's laughing. Get him, get him, get him. I said, he's fine. Yeah. He's two inches of water. He's all right. But that little bit of a wave would knock him over. The power that are in waves, I began to look that up and began to study that and look at that and the power of a wave. Uh, so, so your average wave in your storm, when a storm would blow through out in the, out in the ocean, storms, measure the, they measure waves, but they measure them here in pressure, metric tons per square inch because of the size of waves, amen? Metric tons. We'll break it down here in just a moment. I thought this was exciting here when I read about this. Now, we know the storm that the apostles were going through was big. They named the storm, so undoubtedly it had to be a big storm, all right? So studying out the waves and the power thereof, a 12-meter or 39-foot wave here uh, would 
produce the braking pressure of six metric tons per square meter, or breaking that down will be 8.5 PSI. You say 8.5 PSI, because I, I got 45 PSI in my tires out there, but you understand the braking power of this wave. 8.5 PSI per square inch, eight pounds of pressure, all right? It don't take much for me and you to get knocked over. It don't take much to move a boat when you're out there on the water, all right? Now, modern-day boats, so look this up. Modern-day boats are designed to tolerate a breaking wave of 15 or of 21 PSI. So that's a big wave. If a, if a 39-foot wave has 8.5, then a 15-meter wave would have, I'm sorry, more than 15. I don't have the meters wrote down, but 21 PSI is what the boats are rated at. Now, during a big storm, a wave can dwarf both of these figures with a breaking pressure of 100 metric tons per square meter or 140 PSI. That's a lot of power in one wave. We're talking 140 pounds per, hey, pounds right there, pounds per inch. Take your thumb, that's about an inch, and 140 pounds of pressure behind it. Waves can rage in, range in that range between anywhere between the, the 8.5 and 21 PSI. And these are, we're talking modern day boats that we have out in the ocean now. Our military ships even beyond that and, and tolerate 8.5. But I'm telling you, the waves and storms that these guys were going through had to be big. They named the storm. Yeah. Only storms I know that are named are pretty big, amen. <laughs> I mean, we're talking miles wide and wind everywhere and waves big as you can see. And these guys were going through it. That's what I just want to break that down in perspective there of the, of the power of the waves. But beyond that, they realized, these guys realized very quickly that they were out of control of the situation. They had very minimal control. You say, what control do they have? To stay in the boat. That was about it. <laughs> and let her drive. Twice it said it. They just held on. They couldn't steer. Hey, sails were pointless. It'll rip them things to shreds. Amen. All they could do was hang on. But they done something else here, and we want to show you that as well. They realized very quickly that they were out of control of the situation, and their control that they did have was very minimal. They did everything they could to keep the ship from breaking apart. We just read in verse number 17, uh, when, when which they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands. They strike sail, and so were driven. But beyond that, there was nothing else to do since there was no compass or no instruments they couldn't use, the sun or the stars, because the sun and the stars were blanketed by the storm that rolled through. They had no way of navigating their ship, yet they could, they, they, could, they could look up and they see clouds, and they can feel the wind blowing, and the storm was beating them, and the waves, no doubt, were pushing them around. They let her drive, it says. Twice it said, let's let her drive. There's nothing we can do, guys. We've done all that we can do. We, 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 ran, we ran up upon the, ship, uh, the little sandbank right there. Let's hold the ship together the best we can, get it back out in here before we fall apart, fall into the quicksand, and once again, they let her drive again because they were out of control. They had no control over that storm. The storm had them, and the storm could move them wherever the storm wanted to go. And sometimes in our lives, does that not feel how you and I are, how our storm will take control of our lives, and it will consume us so much so that wherever the storm wants us to go, that's where we're going. Am I right? Sometimes that storm feels like it's all around you, and you can't escape it, and there's nothing that you can do. And yet, just like these guys here, they just had to let her drive. They, they done all that they could do. They held the ship together the best they can. They used helps to undergird the ship. They strengthened the whole of that ship the best they can. But in the end, they still had to just let her drive, knowing that they could not control the storm. 
And that's like you and I sometimes. When the storms of life come, when disease comes, sickness comes, death comes, I mean, you name it. The storms that we face in our lives are numerous in numbers. And when those storms come, they seem to take us by surprise. And then beyond that, they seem to grab us and move us everywhere. Move us everywhere we don't want to go. Places we want to get out of, but we can't. We're stuck in that storm. We just have to let her drive sometimes. We're going somewhere. Acts chapter number 27, verse number 18 and 19. And being exceedingly tossed with the tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day were cast out their own, with their own hands the tackling of the ship. I thought about this. Did you notice what they did? They began to do all they could. They threw out their necessities that they need. Now think about it. And the next day, exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. But how did they lighten the ship? Then the third day they cast out with their own hands the tackling of the ship. They began to throw away the necessities of that boat to lighten the ship, to keep it afloat. And you and I, if we're not careful, a lot of times we throw away the necessities of our life, of our boat, to keep us afloat. But a lot of times we throw away the necessities. We throw away, hey, when storms come in our lives, we begin to throw away the Bible reading. We, we get drawn, we, get, we pay attention too close to the storm, and we forget about the one who controls the storm. We begin to throw away going to church. Well, I'm just too upset. I can't go tonight. Why? What's got you down? Well, the storm that's in my life, the issue that came up, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. But we, take, we let that storm drive us to places that we don't want to go. We let that storm consume us so much so that we begin to, to throw away the necessities. Christian fellowship. That goes quick. Because if you're going through a storm and somebody else isn't, Whatever. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the struggles that I'm facing. You don't understand what I'm going through right now. That's why I'm not coming to church tonight. I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't. I don't have joy in my life. And that's because your eyes are on the storm. You got to look at the one who controls that storm. You got to understand there's a greater power at work. And yes, the storms of your life are big. And yet the storms of your life have names and like cancer and disease. And you fill in the bank, bankruptcy or whatever it is. Yes, those storms are powerful. Yes, we give them names. But yet there is one in heaven who is controlling all of the storms in which you are facing. And we have to remember to stay focused on him during those storms. Knowing that he is sovereign that he is all things and he controls all things and all things are made by him. He will allow things to come into our lives for a particular reason, although we might not understand it. and We probably never will sometimes, but God will allow things to happen. We're going to cover that here in just a moment, but notice what they did. Uh, they began to, to solve, try to solve their own problems. They began to throw away their own tackling of the ship. They began to lighten the ship the best they can, but in the end, they still just had a letter drive. But God was in control, and he always is. The storm did not take him by surprise. He was not in heaven in a panic. Summoning the angels like, well, we need to get a rescue plan in order. Hey, I got some, I got some children down here in a boat. We got to get them saved. No, he knew exactly what was going on, and he knew exactly what he was doing the entire time. And beyond that, I want you to notice here that although the sailors were not in control, God was. Look down at verse number 20 here. Acts chapter number 17, starting out at verse number 20. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, 
Ye should have hearkened unto me and have not loosened from Crete and have to gain this harm and loss. And now I exhort to you to be of good cheer. Do you imagine their faces when Paul come up there and told them that after a long absence, which means he was not up there on the top throwing stuff off the boat trying to make it stay afloat. He was away. He came back from a long absence and began to tell them, listen, guys, I told you we should not have loosened from Crete. I told you we shouldn't have went. We knew that these storms were out here. That's why he told them not to go because they knew the storms could be brewing out there just like we can look back and now we can rewind a week later and we can see Irma building out in the ocean. Paul Paul says, hey, I'm not a weatherman, but I know storms brew after the fast. I know storms brew after after the Passover. I know storms begin to brew out here in the ocean. It's not good for us to lose. But yet what happened? They all agreed, well, the weather looks nice and everything's great. We're going to push on out. And then Paul comes here and says, hey, I told you we should have stayed. I told you not to go. I tried to tell you not to loosen up. Look, look here. And I exhort you, be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee with God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For I believe God. Man, that'll preach right there. For I believe God. Paul stood up and told them, hey, no fear, guys. I know it looks scary. I know the storm has got you so scared that you're throwing everything off the boat. I know the storm looks like we're going to die out here in the ocean. But God has come unto me and said, listen, I'm going to make it. And all those that stay on the boat with me will make it as well. He begins to proclaim them, telling telling them that, listen, we will be all right, but stay on the boat. Hold on, we're going to go a step farther here. God hath given him all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told unto me. Howbeit, we must cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down Adria, about the midnight, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. And they had gone a little farther and sounded again and found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should be, we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast out four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. I want you to understand, look back here one more time at this right here. But when the 14th night was come, man, that was a storm, a trip. They thought it was going to be a smooth sailing trip. The winds were right. The ocean looked good, and they took off. But 14 days later, in the midst of that storm, they finally make it to where they needed to go. 14 days in that storm. That tells me it's a pretty big storm. And some of the storms you and I face, they may take a while. They may take days, months, years. They may even take our entire lifetime of going through. But I don't want you to get discouraged. I want you to have hope. Where all hope was lost on the boat because of the storm, I want you to have hope in the creator of the storm. Hey, I want you to have hope in the one who holds you in the palm of his hand, who loves and cares for you each and every day, who sees and provides for you every need, a God that loves you and I. That's the hope I want you to hold on to in the middle of your storm. Whether you're going through a big storm or a small storm, hey, there's hope. Hey, there's hope tonight. There's hope in the creator of the storm. 
when things in our lives are out of control and no hope for us is in sight, remember, they're never out of God's control. Let her be here very quickly here. We aren't necessarily out of, the, out of God's will when we get caught in a storm. I, I got I to put that in here because a lot of times as Christians, amen, we assume people get caught in the storms because they're out of God's will. But there are times when God brings us to some storms and brings storms in our lives so he can do a work through us, a great and mighty work so he can show himself that much bigger to us. Maybe we're so discouraged and God needs to send a storm in our lives just so we can get re-encouraged. Amen? Hey, Hey, we're not necessarily out of God's will when we get caught in a storm. Sometimes we find ourselves in the midst of a sudden storm in life. Uh, We wonder if we're out of God's will. And we may be, especially if our sins get us in that storm. But if we're doing everything that we're supposed to be doing, and we're doing right, we're living our life right, and storms still come in your life, do not dismay because God is still in control. I want to point this out here. In Acts chapter 23, verse 11, And the night followed where the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for thou hast testified me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also in Rome. And that's the journey in which Paul was on right there. He was in the boat traveling to Rome, and God says, I'm going to testify before you. He said, basically what he's saying is, I'll be there, don't worry, and you're going to make it there as well. That's why I believe Paul could stand in that absence. He could pull himself away during that storm. He could walk away a little bit and go, well, God's already told me that he's going to testify me before me in Rome, so I must have to make it to Rome. It's plain and simple. God says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Hey, beyond that here, hey, in Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22, reports that immediately after feeding the 5,000, we know the story there, the feeding of the 5,000 men and plus women and children that were present, Jesus constrained his disciples to get in the ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. But yet, did he tell them about the storm that they would encounter along the way? No. Did he know about that storm that was going to encounter them along the way? Yes. Hey, God knows it all. And sometimes he sends us, our, our lives, directly into a storm. Why did, he send, why did he send the guys through this here, the apostles through it? So he could show himself so mighty and so big and so powerful. He walked on the, he walked on the stormy waters to them. Hey, got out of the boat, walked to him. Hey, calmed everything down when he got in the boat. He showed his power. Sometimes I believe God just needs to take us and says, listen, let me show you my power. I'm going to put you in a storm just so I can show you how big I am. Hey, I'm going to put you through a storm so I can show you that I can take you through any storm. That you can make it through. The following verses there show us how Jesus deliberately sent, uh, sent, uh, sent, deliberately sending them into the storm at sea. He knew that that storm was coming, yet he still sent them anyway. He wanted to show them his power over the storms by walking to them on the water. So even they were in a fierce storm, and yet they were precisely in the will of God for that moment. God told them to go, and they went, yet a storm still came. And sometimes that happens in our lives. God tells us to go here, do this, say this to this person, uh, go, be a missionary, go here, do this. And yet storms began to cloud us up, and God's just the whole time working. Molding us, making us into the image the way he wants us to be. I, I began to think about that as I was thinking about Zach and Amber. You know, that when they prepared to go to California, we thought for sure, hey, no doubt, I know I did, God's going to expedite them. They're going to be over there within the year. But it didn't happen. Two years, all right, Lord, I see it quick. It still didn't happen. It took almost three years of deputation. 
Zach didn't see it coming. He testified about that many times. He thought for sure it was going to be quick, but the whole time he said he wouldn't trade that for anything. Why? Because God was molding him, making him ready to come out on the other side to where he wanted him to go. And sometimes you and I have to go through storms to get ready for what's on the other side of the storm. You and I have to be prepared for what we're going to face after the storm. And that's just our almighty God at work, knowing that he has everything in control. God may allow storms to come in our life for many reasons. I jotted down just these very quickly here. He may just need to get a hold of us. Amen. Stop and listen to me. Sometimes if you're anything like me, you're stubborn. And it takes a lot for God to get a hold of you. Knocking on, knocking on, knocking on my heart sometimes don't work. Beating me down don't work sometimes. Sometimes it says, stop. I'll never forget. I'll give you a quick illustration on that. I, I'm, I'm stubborn at work too. <laughs> Amen. I like to figure things out quick and by myself. Even when somebody's there helping me, and I'll never forget, I'll work with Stacy. And one of his favorite lines that he always said was, stop it, just stop it. We would be working on something. I'd be like, he goes, now I click over here. Now you go over here and you'll click on that. I said, okay, and then I click on this and then click on that. He goes, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I said, what? He goes, that ain't what you do. Listen to me. But sometimes that's what God has to do. Sometimes God has to get a hold of us when we say, all right, God gives us a plan. God gives us a direction. God tells us where he wants us to go or what to do. And we can say, okay, God, I got it. I'm going to go over here. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. God says, whoa, 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 stop. 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 A storm may come in our life to stop us so we can hear him speak to us. Sometimes he wants to teach us something. Patience, amen? Lord, help us. We all need that. Amen. That's a hard lesson. I, I, I'm telling you, every time I get behind a slow car, I'm like, Lord, are you trying to teach me something? As, even today, even today, I thought about this. There was something. I, we get home from the beach early, early this morning, 2.45, and we crash for a little bit. We're back up early because the babies doesn't care. You know, 7 o'clock, they're up. And so we're up at 7 o'clock. You know, it's not bad. Now, my wife does a quick running around. I said, listen, I got to get some things done. I got to get an inspection done today, and I got to go get my hair cut today. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> I go to the inspection place. My guy that does my inspections, out. Tooth getting pulled. I said, okay, well, okay, I got more time. I'll make sure I'll get my hair cut in time. Go right down the street there. Go get my hair cut. Yeah, get my hair cut. Out. Are you kidding me? Family emergency out Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, well, I guess I ain't getting nothing today. Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? What do I need to do? I need to slow down. I just need to slow down. I was running wide open all afternoon just trying to, I was rushing my wife. Hurry up, hurry up. I got to get back. I got to do this. I got to do this. And God sometimes says, put your brakes on. Just hold on a minute. He may want, he may want us to go through a storm so that later, he could use us to encourage others that are going to go through that exact same storm. There may be somebody else weaker that's getting ready to go through the same storm that you've already been through, and he's already put you through that storm so you can just yoke right up to them and say, I know what you're going through. I've been there. Let me help you. Let me show you what God showed me during my storm, and maybe it can help you get through your storm. Let her see here, and we're, we're done. We're done. We aren't ever out of God's care when we get caught in a storm. That's, that's my main focus here, that God is always watching over us. Right. And he's always there, and he always knows exactly where his children are. Even though the sailors did not know 
where they were. They had no control over the situation. The storm was driving them up and down 14 days out there on the ocean. They had no control of that boat, but God knew exactly where they were, and they were never off of his radar screen, and he cared for every one of them, for, for even, even those who didn't even believe in him. Did you notice that? How it, it, God didn't come to the Paul, Paul there and says, hey, Paul, I'm going to save you, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to save just you, know, just you guys my people that know me. No, all those that were in the ship. You know, God's sovereignty over that right there. And I began to think about that right there. You know, if my kids were on a boat or an airplane, I would care for them. I would be worried about them. I'd be worried about everybody else on that plane too, amen, but more specifically for my children. And you know, that's how God is to you and I. He's worried about everyone that's going through this hurricane. No doubt in my life, no, no, no doubt, you know, everybody's lives that have been affected by each one of these hurricanes, he's worried about each and every single one of them. And I know, no doubt, he's more worried about his children, warning them, say, guys, come on, preparing them for that storm. They had many, they had a week's worth of preparation to prepare. And God, no doubt, was doing the work there and preparing them. But God cares for all those that are going through the storms, not just the one, not just his children. He cares for them all, but yet he will use us that have already been through those storms, to help those, to encourage them, to not let them get downcast, not let the storm overtake them. Yet he will continue to use us to be a witness to those people during their trials because sometimes it takes somebody going through a trial so God can really speak to them. And he'll use you and I to do that. If you're God's child tonight through faith in Christ, yet you can be assured that he cares for you in every storm that he takes you through. Every storm that arises in your life, no matter how big or how small, that God cares for you and he looks out for you. And Peter combines God's sovereignty with his care whenever he tells us to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth you. Isaiah chapter 41 verse number 10, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God looks after his children. Don't let the storms of life overtake you to where you lose sight of God. Then you begin to cast the essentials out of the boat. You you start casting your Bible reading out. You start casting your prayer life out. You start casting church off. I want to encourage you during your storms, the best thing for you and I is to keep our eye on the creator of the storm and know that he's going to help us make it through. Amen. Amen. That's all I have for you tonight. Let's, Let's go ahead and we'll pray. And if God done a work in your heart, hey, if he challenged you in any way, if you're going through a storm right now, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're going through a storm right now, Whatever it is in your life, just know that God knows exactly where you are and he's there and he wants to help you and he will encourage you along the way. But don't get your eyes off of him. Hold fast unto him and keep your faith in him. Unlike these sailors when they said all hope was lost, all hope is not lost when you face the storms of life. As long as you have Jesus Christ and God on your side, the creator of all things, all hope is not lost. And I pray today that if if God is taking you through a storm 
if you're in a storm right now in your life, that you would just hold fast unto God, that you would continue on to read your Bible, that you would continue on to pray, that you would continue on in that good godly fellowship with the church and that you would just keep coming to church and keep getting revived each and every single time that you come, that you will make it through the storms of your life. Maybe you're on the back end of a storm that you're coming out of one. Maybe you know someone else that is going through that exact same storm. Maybe you can go help that brother or sister in Christ and encourage them and help them make it through their storm that they're going through. That's what it's about. Showing the love of God in every situation, even in the storms of our lives, that we would show the love of Christ, that we would just continue to encourage each other to make it through the storms together. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just do a work tonight. Lord, do a work that I cannot do. Lord, I pray that it made sense. Lord, I pray that the message, Lord, was, uh, was what you wanted. Lord, I pray that you would just use this time of invitation, Lord, to work on hearts. Lord, if they're going through a storm, help them just to encourage to cast all the care that they have upon you, knowing that you're in control of that storm and knowing that they're going to come out on the backside better than the way they came in. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all stand together with our head bowed and our eyes closed. You do, uh, you do whatever it is that God has.